podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, good morning and welcome to the Talking Cop. It is Tuesday, it's the 23rd of January. It's myself, Gav, and it's Kev. And, um... Yeah, the weather's all over the place. Kev says the fucking trees are nearly horizontal where down where he is. There's another storm coming. We had a big chat around storms last night for the first 20 minutes of a show that was meant to be about football. But listen, that's how it went. Um, you know how this works. 30 minutes, 10 minutes of football-ish. Um, and the rest in just whatever you want to talk about to get your day going. Kev, I want to start with Mo Salah. Um, yeah. And I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to be very honest. I'm very confused as to what's going on here. Right, I thought he got injured, and I thought he had a back injury, and then I thought it was a hamstring injury. And then I thought it was a back injury again. Then I thought he'd be out for two games. Now there's talk he's been out for a month. Now there was talk. Then there was talk he's going back to Liverpool for rehab. Then it's no, he's not. What is going on with Mo Salah at the moment? Uh, I don't think anyone really knows for sure. I mean, Klopp came out and said that um, there were the club. I thought the club came out and said that he was. Um, they were expecting him to come back for rehab. Mm-hmm. And if he was right, they'd send him back. Yeah. So the club must have been told something because mm-hmm. they don't normally comment on anything to do with players. Yeah. So then his agent pops up with, it's more serious than his, than his first thought and it could be up to a month out. At the end of the day, until he comes back and is assessed, we won't know anything. And even when he's assessed, I doubt we'll be told anything. Yeah. Is, well, is, but is he staying... With Egypt, I think they pro- he probably stayed for the game last night, and right. I'd say he might be coming back after that. Right, okay, because it was just we're all over the place. But look, people's heads are falling. I'd, imag- I'd imagine the Egyptian public will have wanted him to stay with the squad. He's yeah. the captain. He's like the main man. Yeah. So it could be a case that he's placating. The Egyptian yeah. FA, FA and the Egy- and you know, else. the Egyptian fans, and. Yeah. I mean, everyone would know that, look, your your best chance of gaining the recovery is coming back and having specialists looking at you where you're comfortable, not in a hotel somewhere in the Ivory Coast. Yeah. You know, so... Well, I probably, it's probably the best thing to do for me anyway is um, just probably wait till about five o'clock this evening mm-hmm. and then go look again, see what's going on yeah. with Mo Salah. Of course, they did make it out of their groups. They actually qualified out of their group last night. Um, three draws. Were they three, two all draws? Oh, a one-all draw. I haven't a notion. Um, I genuinely haven't a notion. I have absolutely. I haven't watched a single minute of that competition. I've got no. Well, they qualified with three draws. None. They qualified second in the group because Ghana were two 0 up going into injury time against Mozambique and managed to equal uh, managed to draw two two, which meant that <laughs> Egypt went through. Um, e- Egypt went through uh, in second place. So do qualify for the knockout rounds. Uh, let's before we move on with a bit more football. Let's let's see who's in. So Peter's in. Gar is in, Chris is in, uh, Steve is in, um, there's a couple more there, Kieran is there, um, Garmack has a question, what's the best biscuit bar, and if you say anything but the yellow club milk, you're wrong, um, yellow club milk, or just a club Remember bar? the dark purple 
the, oh, the, snack, the bar. snack bars. Yeah, the snack bars are way yeah, better than the club. Snack bars. Yeah, dipping um, the snack bar into your cup of coffee. Yeah, Love Chris it. Back says he'd be back for Burnley Missing. a week after at the worst. I think I saw earlier that Salah was due back at, at the AXA on Wednesday. And Kieran says, I'm sure Red Ax- uh, Salah is returning to the AXA in Liverpool on Wednesday. 3 2 all draws it was, says Garmack. Yeah, I thought it was 3 2 all. Uh, Emma Cavill has woke up. He says, Good morning. Um, yeah, good morning. And Kevin Ball, the fume when Salah starts tomorrow night. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, that'd be a bit mad. But um, yeah, look, look, you know, we'd have to wait and see on him. People are going mad. Oh, he's injured. He's gone away. He's injured. And I'm kind of going, yeah. But we like if he'd have went all the way to the final of this competition, we wouldn't see him back till mid February. Yeah. So he's and injured. He'll have now. had what five, six games under his belt at that yeah, stage. So the thing is, even if he's out, he's actually not playing any football. Um, is 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 rest? It's rest and recovery, and um, yeah. that makes no Not difference to the world for us. Yeah, it makes no difference to, to when he comes back to us. The difference it does make is that he's probably going to play or will play a hell of a lot less football than he did the last time he went away. Because you remember they, they kept leaking out the penalties yeah. every round they were in in, that, yeah. in the last uh, uh, Afcon. Um, so look, that's where that's where it is on Mo Salah. We have got Fulham tomorrow. Um, you know, um, we'll do we'll do a, a lineup prediction and stuff like that tomorrow. You're on me tomorrow morning, are you? Uh, yeah, I'm around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah we'll do chat about that. Yeah, tomorrow. so we do a lineup prediction, score prediction, all that sort of stuff. With regards to that game, uh, me and Kev are watching it for the members um, from 8 p.m. tomorrow night, and then the lads will be on following the game, um, which are post-match reaction. Um, anything else in the world of football, Kev? There's not a transfer to be had. No, and. I was just looking, you know, I was just making a coffee there before we come on. I looked at the calendar and it's like, I think it's what, the 23rd of January. And it's quiet everywhere. And it's almost like everyone is waiting for someone to make a move so that clubs have money to spend. And you've seen, like, I'm looking at the gossip there from this morning. West Ham close to agreeing a loan deal with Man City for Calvin Phillips, but Juventus could still make a late move. Man City are asking five million for a loan fee. And, um, and, pay and, and pay his wages. Why on earth would West Ham even contemplate that? That's just nuts to me. you know, Because um, that's dead money. That is absolute dead money that you're going to get nothing for unless they see him as coming in and being integral to them going far in Europe. You know, and yeah. pushing for European spots. Fair enough. Manchester United apparently have offered Jaden Sancho and Anthony to clubs in Saudi Pro League. They want about fifty million each for each player. They're on drugs. Um, Ajax forward Brian Broby would jump at the chance to join Manchester United. I'm sure he would. Uh, where are we? Chelsea have no intention of selling Liverpool defender to uh, Levi Colwell this month, despite interest from Liverpool. Well, no shit, Sherlock. They don't. Have, they haven't got the body. They haven't got the bodies to sell anyone. So that's just. It's just all of it is nonsense talk, to, as far as I can see. Kev, you just the one that's interesting. There, I'll be witching, yeah. witching out. Yeah, work away. The one that's interesting is Bayern Munich. Um, Bayern are in trouble. Thomas Tuchel is looks like the fans are starting to sway from him, and it's mainly because of the start to, or the season that uh, Bayern Leverkusen are having. Javi Lanza is doing a fantastic job there. But from what I remember reading, Bayern want to try and get Nordi Mukiele from PSG. They're desperate to get him. But if they can't get him, they're looking to get um, 
they're looking to sign Kieran Trippier. But Newcastle are asking some like 12, 13 million pounds for him. It's like, that's what you paid for him. It's quite a bit going on in Newcastle, isn't there? With regards, I've seen like um, Callum Wilson linked with AC Milan and um, Atletico Madrid. Madrid. Yeah. And then you've seen um, obviously the Almiron stuff and then you have the Trippier stuff. And it's like, what's, what's Newcastle's thinking here? Like, are they, are, well, they, are they writing off the season? Have they decided that, like, well, they must be looking to bring someone in. If they're, if they're, if they're looking at Callum Wilson to go and they're looking at Almiron to go, that, that to me is, that to me is like, oh, we, we can't, we want to bring people in, but we can't, so we're going to have to sell. And these are the well, two. Well, I've seen, I seen it's, something it's on Sky Sports weird, News. Yeah, I saw I saw something on Sky Sports News this morning, and they were talking about your man at Forest, uh, Morgan Gibbs White. Yeah, that Newcastle were interested in him. Now, he's been really good for Forest, and Forest paid good money for him. They paid something like thirty-five million pounds for him. Yeah, from Wolves. Yeah. So there is no way that Newcastle have the headroom to be able to. They'd have to sell, arguably. 60, 70 million pounds worth of players to be able to do this deal because they can't afford to do anything else. They're they're at the top of their limit. So if they're looking at getting into Morgan Gibbs White and Nottingham Forest will command a hefty fee for him. He's young, he's he's good. You know, he, he would suit what Newcastle are trying to do. Young English players about to make that next step, he would suit them down to the ground. But they're not going to. Newcastle won't get him on the cheap. The question is now: the conspiracy theorist, Tinfoil Hat conspiracy theorist, is how much Saudi league investment is going to come in via player sales to Newcastle to allow them to be able to fund this, because they have to be careful of. Um, there's new rules in place now where. You can't just turn around and say, okay, we're selling Miguel Almiron for £80 million pounds to the Saudi Pro League. Yeah. You, can't, that's, you can't do that anymore. So, But at the same time, Miguel Almiron is on 2.2 million. I looked it up yesterday. He's on 2.2 million a year in wages. He's got 18 months left in his contract. He's 29 years of age. And outside of flashes, he's not one of these players that can command a massive fee. He can command a reasonable fee, maybe 12, 13 million in and along the lines of what uh, we got for Jordan Henderson. But he wouldn't be commanding anything more than that. And that doesn't fix Newcastle's problem because they still have... If if you've watched any Newcastle's games recently, there was one game in particular where he was outstanding. He's pressing, he's chasing the ball. To, To replace that in your side is difficult enough. And Newcastle, if they want to kick on to the next level... They need European football. They have to qualify for Europe. Yeah. It's as simple as that. And very, Chelsea like, are in that boat as well, see? Chelsea yeah. are in that boat as well come next summer. And it seems, it seems, all the- it seems to come very obvious, doesn't it? Like very obvious, very, very obvious, very quickly. There's something behind the scenes that's going on here with regards to the Premier League where <clears throat> by handing in those accounts before Christmas, like they're all told to, yeah. and having them all looked at and everything in Forest have had issues, but it looks to me like the Premier League, and I don't, look, I'm no expert on it. I'm no expert on anything, right? But it looks to me like, just looking from the outside in, that the Premier League have gone back to clubs and went, they're fine, but we're just letting you know that this is where your threshold is right now, and we're going to do this on a yearly basis. Yeah. And clubs have kind of went, 
oh fuck yeah we used to be able to do this for two or three years and then kind of look at it but now we're being held to account literally across every transfer window because yes. if you're handing them in where i think it's going to be it's i think it's going to be every august going forward isn't it it's something along them yes. lines so basically what they're going to do is they're going to when you hand them in they're going to look at your last transfer window realistically and then they're yeah. going to say to you and by the way when it comes january you can do a b and c right can't do d e yeah. and f because yeah. when them accounts come around in august again we're going to look at your last transfer. so they're on top of them yeah and they you are, look at you look, at, I mean, you look at city not doing anything. You look at Arsenal, not doing anything. You look at even United, haven't done anything. Liverpool, haven't done anything. But I don't, the thing with Liverpool is Liverpool are in a very, fairly healthy position, I would say. And some of those clubs will be. But when you look at the clubs that you think definitely need something, Arsenal, for me, definitely need something. City, possibly do as well. You know, um, United, United Newcastle, and it's just like nothing's coming out. Like you know, if if they had room to do something, you would think let's get this done and in quick in January because of the break that's there, it gives you a chance to get a player in and get him up to speed. Because let's be honest, between the sixth and the twentieth of January, nothing was not an awful lot was happening in the Premier League, and it just well like we're up. What are we on the twenty third? We've we've eight days left in the window. I think. Yeah. Um, I think it's eight days, nine days maybe. Um, and it's like nothing is going on. Nothing. Is going on. No, I, I think this is the, the re- Newcastle one. Is, is, sorry, the Newcastle one is the yeah. most stand out for me. Yeah, it is. But this is the repercussions of the FFP rules that came in and the rolling three-year cycle that they're looking at. It's like if you fall foul of this, you're not just fall. If if like Everton, Everton is a classic example. It's not just the first year that you're going to fall foul of. It's the next transfer. But they give you two windows to sort it. Mm-hmm. Because the years two and three are going to come back at you. Yeah, it's so, still over. It's still over three years. It, but what they're yeah. saying is, instead of us getting those accounts after in in three years' time, if you start at year yeah. zero now, instead of them getting it in twenty twenty seven and looking back on you, they're not doing that now. What they're doing is no. they're taking your accounts in August twenty twenty four, and they're saying, "Roy, we're going back to we." They've they're, they're getting themselves up to date. Yeah, where and they're not looking the at three years. For. They know where your forecast, they know where your figures yeah. are for the last two. This is your third year. Boom, you're fine. Now, when we go into next year, 2021 falls off or whatever, 2020. Yeah. But they're actually, they're lining themselves up where <coughs> if there's any sanctions against clubs, it can be done quickly because they have the accounts yeah. on a yearly basis and they can do it within the season that they actually do something wrong. That's right? what the clubs ask for. Or if you do it wrong in the end of this season, and you get they get their accounts in July or wherever it might be. They can do you before the next season starts. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So it's as, and, as and close this is what to the, the, as close to the crime as they possibly can. Yeah. That's what and the doing. clubs. This is what the, is a fallout really from the the legal threats from Leicester, Leeds, uh, Burnley. Well, I, to, I think um, I think the biggest thing behind so, it is um, the independent the independent that's, that's um, regular. That's, that's what I think is the control. biggest threat to them, because that's unless they're seen to be keeping the house in order. They don't care how independent they are, i.e. the Premier League to the FA and stuff like that. They run their own ship. If they're not seen to be doing what they're meant to do within their own organisation, an independent, um, an independent, whatever you, regulator will come in and go, I'll do it. Yeah. We will do it. We will go in and we, you don't worry about it. You keep running your business and we just keep, we'll report to you what's wrong. Yeah. But the Premier League don't want that because if they're seen to be, 
you know, if they're seeing that they're running this thing and, and it's just mayhem all over the place and actually the product is built on sand, that's where the, the problem will come from. Yeah. Uh, no, but look, I think no the, the regulator's coming no matter what. It's yeah. already apparently Labour putting it into their manifesto for the next general election. If they get in, they will bring it in. Mm. But that can be, a, that's a double-edged sword because that can work both ways. Um, if the league want to make progress in a certain area and all of the clubs in the league want to do it, say with TV rights, if they want to go down the road of having a subscription channel and all 20 clubs support it, but the regulator turns around and says, no, we don't want that. And the government started interfering in that. It won't happen. Yeah. So there's a, there's two ways of looking at this. Yeah. Now some Bork people says, will be clamoring for it. Others, it's yeah. not a good idea. Own books says if there was no talk of an independent regulator, then the Premier League would do nothing about these breaches. They they want the best players and league in the world. Yeah, but you see the thing is, and I agree with you on a hundred percent. I think the independent regulator is the big issue here, and people are saying no, it's it's to get Everton and it's to get Forest and. Um, no. They're lining this up so, they can, so City can mangle their way out. It's not that at all. The new rules have nothing to do with what Man City have done. Nothing at all. It's no. like people thinking, oh, the new rules come in and City get away with it because the new rules... That is... Don't... Listen, please don't. It's like it's like someone going, um, listen, it's two penalty points today for speeding, but from the 4th of fucking March, it's four penalty points, Right? And you don't pay or two penalty points. And by the time the new rules comes around, they just they, they give you four. Right? Or it was four and now it's two. And now you're only getting two instead of what happened at the time. It's not it's, what's he done in those years are under a certain set of rules, right? And those rules have to be abided by. And look, the the regulator thing is more basically putting something over the Premier League's head to say, listen, regardless of what City done, you let it happen. Because yeah. you are letting clubs go two, three, how many years without putting in accounts, and and then even if they did put in accounts every two, three years, or whatever it might be, you were taking years to sort them out, and this can't happen. So now the Premier League have to be seen to be going in every August or every December or whatever it might be, the calendar year or the league year. I think it might be the football league year actually, because they want to be able to. If you do something during a season, they're able to sort you out and say, right, you done that, we found you guilty of that, and from the first. From the first of August or whatever the season kicks off, ten points. You're minus ten. End of story. And it's a much cleaner way of doing things. Um, did you see the end of the show last night, Kev? I missed it. Ah, okay. I, I read after what happened, but I missed Kev. it. I'm gonna have to go back later and watch it. But it was fantastic. Um, so we had a big chat around. Um, well, the show started last night with a big chat around the storms, right? Phil still not yeah, letting it go yeah. that you gave out to him about. Storm of failure. Um, <laughs> then we had a big chat around the squad size, depth, all that sort of stuff. Big chat around Darwin Nunes. Then we had just a big, massive chat around great players that actually aren't really good at football. Right, That was interesting. I watched that. And I watched up Phil, to the end of that. Phil finished us out with a tune on his pink, children's pink piano. Um, it was fantastic here. If anyone is watching now or listening now and you haven't seen it, go back. It's the show from last night. I think it was called yeah. Liverpool's Squad Depth for the Run-In or something like that it was called. I should know I named it. But um, it's it's the last show that you would see before this one. It was fantastic stuff. Um, let me see. One thing, see. before we go anywhere, yeah. um, it's Bob Paisley's birthday today. Oh, Bob Paisley's would birthday have been, today. Would have been Bob Paisley's birthday today. Um yeah. 
How fucking good was he, Mike? I mean, he often gets overlooked. Well, look, he, he managed... Football only started in 1992. So for people who remember... Well, he manages Liverpool from 1974 to 1983. Yeah. Nine years. I'm for Liverpool in 1939 as yeah. a player. Yeah. So just before... Well, literally, he joined He joined Liverpool eight months before the outbreak of World War Two. Yeah. And from that day until the day he retired, he was at 1983. the club. 1983. In, in some way, shape, or form. Yeah. Joe Fagan takes over from him. The, the thing is, like, I was born in 1982. So what, I, what I've done, what I do with loads of these people, Shankly, Paisley, um, Kevin Keegan, um, I remember the back end of Daglish, but I was very young. Um, and that was an older Daglish. But when you look at Daglish coming in in 77, um, you think it looks like highways. You think of uh, Roger Hunt, Ian St. John, all these people. You try to find as much footage as you can. And Liverpool, the LFC TV actually have done a, they've done a brilliant documentary on Bob Paisley. Um, if you want to know everything about him and what he achieved and stuff like that, I think it was something like... 19 trophies in nine years like he there's a brilliant picture of him with all his trophies but they used to hand out these like five fucking gallon bottles of uh, bell's whiskey to manager of the season and he just happily loads of them around them with <laughs> fa cups and league titles and european cups um I it's think crazy he's... that he was he was never talked about as a potential england manager no, because I don't think they ever thought they'd get him away from get him away from Liverpool. And when yeah. he gave up Liverpool, I think he just that was him. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And and the thing is, um I think he's the best manager Liverpool have ever had. Oh yeah. Without question. Not the most influential um, man at Liverpool. No. I think the, the most influential footballing man at Liverpool, and I've said it loads of times, is Bill is uh Bill Shankly. Right? But I think the most influential yeah. man of all time at Liverpool is Kenny Daglish. Right? But I think the best in our manager area, Liverpool. Yeah. What? In our era, for sure. No, um, I, I, I think the whole history. Player. I think the whole history of Liverpool Football Club, right? The the most influential person on the football club is Bill Shankly. Yeah. Right? The most influential player, the most influential person on uh, sorry, Bill Shankly is the most influential on the footballing side. Right, of yeah. the football club. The most influential person of all time on this football club is Kenny Daglish. Yeah, I'd agree right? with that. I'd agree okay, with that, yeah. for reasons we know, right? We know, and yeah. I think the best manager of all time, you see, they can all be different. The best manager of all of all time is Bob, Bob Paisley. Without, and I think the only question. one that might ever go close to him is the man currently in charge. The man we have now. And I think the trophies, the man's, the trophy of Klopp don't add up to the trophies of Paisley. But I think what Klopp come into, what he's taken on, what he's been up against, and what he's brought as a person to the football club, I think he, he's right up there with with, with uh, Paisley for me. That's just where that's just where I am. Well, um, yeah, you're seeing it. You're seeing it now, though. I mean, going for your chat last night when what you were talking about with the young kids. They're playing with a level of maturity and confidence way beyond their years. And you see it in every appearance they're coming on, even if it's off the bench or Conor Bradley starting games. There's a confidence in the fans that if Conor Bradley's starting a right back and making his Premier League debut, yeah, Grant. Yeah. That he... that doesn't happen without Klopp. If that happened under Brendan Rodgers, we'd be shitting bricks. Yeah. But well, I think under I think, Klopp, um... this le- 
now we're in a different place. I think I was listening to um, who was I listening to yesterday? I think it might have been the Anfield. It was the Anfield rap. Um, I'm trying to think of the voice I was listening to on it. Um, might have been Adam Media. I'm not too sure, but they were saying like good loans, good loan deals. And when you look at Conor Bradley, he's had a good loan deal. Own bet, yeah. it's had a good loan deal, and that's what they're desperate to get: Calvin Ramsey, Carvalho, and others into good loan deals. To just and it doesn't mean that they have to be world beaters in it, but they're playing regularly, getting into team football, men's team football. I forget the tactics for a minute. It's all about being able to walk into the back into the room and go, yeah, I've played thirty games for such and such in a man's game. You know what I mean? Yeah. Taking instruction in men's football and in meaningful games. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. If, and, um, and that's why if, I don't. If, and that's why I don't think I, I don't think I have a worry over these players because no. it's we, we play it down an awful lot. Ah, we send them out on loan. You know, and we play it down an awful lot. And I do. I play an awful lot of loans down. I kind of go, yeah. he's going for a loan. Like, Reese Williams goes for a loan. Like, Reese Williams is never playing with Liverpool again. No. Right? no unless he, he has the most amazing turnaround in what he is as a player. But then you look at some of them and, and you see the likes of, well, Bobby Clark, I don't think he's been out on loan, but Bobby no. Clark comes on. And the thing about him is when he comes on, see him standing on the sideline? He wasn't. When he's standing on that sideline yesterday or Sunday, I'm not, I'm not looking going, Here's a young fella now. He stood with the with the socks rolled up over his knees, right? He stood there, big yeah. and tall, stood looking around him, ready. Bring, I'm going on here. Yeah. He wasn't timid. He wasn't getting the hug off, big daddy clop. You know, go out and do what you can, son. He was like, yeah, I'm primed. Put me on. Went in, yeah. threw tackles in, moved with the ball, passed the ball, threw a few shapes, dropped the odd shoulder, and that's the thing. There, I don't. It, you can go on ability all day, but I think the belief. I, I think the belief in the path that's there for them is huge. Do you know what I mean? Like, Owen Beck's looking yeah. there going, oh, you have Simicast and Robertson in front of me. How many games am I going to get? But in the back of his mind, he could be thinking, I could easily get I could easily get second place here, second choice here, if I pushed on. Do you know what I mean? And that's where they have them. I understand tactics, and I understand, you know, getting them up to speed, but the actual outward mentality of these players when they're coming on the pitch is the biggest thing for me. They look like they're just coming on to play. I mean, I'm just going on to play another game. Not not standing there looking around and going, oh my God, is Danfield amazing? Or, you know, this is a big game. Or but They're just yeah. coming on the pitch going, yeah, I play in that position, give me the ball. You know the sort of way. Exactly. And you, um, don't, and you don't notice the difference. You genuinely yeah. don't. Yeah. They offer Scouts different things. Says, but says, the young lads coming through are the first ones that are a product of the club era. They've been skilled in these methods for eight years. Um, does Sepp van der Berg have a chance of being uh, brought back? No, not much. Yes. I don't think so. Yes, I think he does. Um, mm. What he's doing in Germany at the minute in Mainz is um, is right up there. Um, Mainz had a new ch- no. Mainz had a change of manager there. Re- uh, I think in October, they've lost two games since he's come in. He's um, one of the fastest defenders in the league, and he wins more aerial duels percentage wise than Virgil. Um, and he's flexible that can play right back and centre back. I think, and he's homegrown. I think he's every chance. But the, there was a rumor going around that Ajax want him. So I don't, I don't know. see him. I think he is. Sorry, I'm at the losing cab there. Hello, are you there? Yeah, I'm there. Yeah, sorry, yeah. I don't know what happened there. Yeah developed as well um i mean he's six foot two and he can he can defend in a three a two and play right back 
Mm. I, I think he's got a chance to come back into the squad for sure. Okay, maybe. Right. Look, I, I'm happy to be wrong on that. I'm happy to be wrong on it. Um, we're going to leg it in a few minutes. So if there's any yeah. questions you have, throw them in and we'll, we'll have a look at them. Um, I don't really want to get into anything with you, Kev, because we end up in a big row and it goes on for an hour and I haven't got an hour. Um, <laughs> but... but um, uh, there's nothing, there's nothing, the only thing really going on at the moment is the weather. Do you know what but, I mean? There's nothing else going yeah, on. There's nothing happening. I mean, look, everyone knows this is the longest month of the year. You know, they're, you're counting down the days now to pay that you're like six days to go, five days to go, four days. Two to days go. to go now, is it? Most people get paid the 25th. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's, there's going to be a big blowout this weekend, I'd say, an awful lot of people heading out. Um, yeah. First, big weekend, first time big yeah. weekend this weekend. But, yeah, Max uh, says, how's the fitness challenge going? It's going good. Going good, well, my, yeah. The third week, we always knew what was coming. The third week, we we're going to lose the yeah. least amount in the third week because yeah. uh, we've been told by various people that the first week is easy, the second week is a bit harder, but you'll lose something. The third week is the leveler, so the third week apparently is where your body levels out. So, any kind of fluid you are holding or bloating you are holding, or and then the shock to the system, um, it kind of levels out and your body finds its way. So, yeah. um, I think. We still all lost some weight this week. We all week. lost, yeah. Yeah, we all lost some weight this week. Yeah. But um, this is where now we kind of have to tighten up what we're eating. You know, we're, we're, we're doing the, we're all targeting 1,800 calories a day, aren't we? We're all around that. Yeah, um, yeah. And we, we're all getting under that. There's no problem there. We're oh, all yeah, getting under day. that. But now it's, now it's, um, now it's all probably about a bit more exercise. And if we walk 10K last week, let's try walk 15K and just see it. But no, we're all continuing to lose weight. We're all um, still doing it. Yeah, yeah we're, we're, we're over, I'd say we're over two stone between the three of us in the first year. I'd say so. Yeah. Well, I, I, I hit a stone um, this week. Uh, I losing, losing, I lost a stone now since we started. Yeah, and I'm down, and, um, I'm down 10 pounds. So that's 24 yeah. pounds and we need 28 for two for two stones, don't don't we? Yeah, I'd say we're not far off then. I'd say no, we're, I'd not say far we're, we're I'd say close we're close to, to three stone, two and a half stone in around that between. Two and a half, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and to Chris be fair, Bar I mean, Chris on, says you didn't have to mute Kev because he thinks Seth Van der Berg will play with Liverpool. Just mute Kev, then you'll win the argument. Go, hold on, Chris, relax. I'll tell you what happened. My microphone here is attached to the computer. All the sound through the microphone and all, and the lead keeps slipping out. I have to need a new lead. And the lead slipped out, and when it slips out, instead of just muting me, it actually mutes everybody. So, um, why is your fucking neck in on a fucking Tuesday morning? Well, Craig Lowe is about to hit us with uh, what it's like in Queensland. We have a cyclone hitting central Queensland this weekend. Ooh, that's not going to be nice. But you but see, in Ireland, I, I, I made this point summer. last night. In Ireland, we just go, that was windy. Tell yeah. you. We hooked up with the Dutch and, and, and the English and the UK or whatever, but, and they started naming them all, and now there's names for fucking every gust of wind that goes but, past. Ah, oh, there's Mary going past. The next one coming in is Kathleen. Kathleen. Kathleen is the next one. Yeah, so... Kathleen's the next pass. one. Um, <laughs> look, tonight, um, myself, Keith and Dunner are on tonight. Um, I think it's all Premier League chat, so there'll be a load of Premier League chat. Um, there will be some transfer stuff in there with regards to the Premier League. Um, how teams are getting see if on. Chelsea well, go through tonight as well. Yeah, see if Chelsea, Chelsea go through tonight. That'd be a tough nut. Yeah. Be I, a, I, I hope Middlesbrough win it. But uh, me, Keith and Dunner, 10 o'clock tonight. Tomorrow morning, me and Kev, 10am, we will try to yeah. predict the Fulham, the lineup for Fulham. Um, a few score predictions, anything else that you want to do as well. 
don't forget our just our fundraiser it's in the description if you're getting paid in two days don't forget us and if you if you do forget us don't forget the link to share it around the place the football prizes stuff i checked this morning there was about 14 tickets left 13 tickets left something around them um for the double uh, Alonso and Gerard signed and framed um, jerseys and people are thinking is it two no it's one in a big frame with the two jerseys in a, a mini a mini TV with highlights of Istanbul playing LED lights oh, it's the bizzo um, but there's only about I would say 10 to 12 tickets somewhere around that I think it was 17 this morning um, if you want to check that out the link is in the description as well um, let me see let me see uh, let me see Ah, that old story. Gav using his big boss power. Honestly, I can just take the lead out now and show you if you want. But it, it wouldn't make for great podcasting. It actually does me no. head in because it's one of those little tiny USBs. And where I, I don't know whether it's the lead or the mic itself. And it's probably because of gravity is starting to kind of wear away at how tight it is in the fitting. And it's starting to annoy me. But none of you want to hear about that, really. Uh, Kieran says, hopefully Chelsea don't go through. I watched the 2006 FA Cup final in Townsville. Um, oh. and he said, and Gar says that because Craig lives, I think, er, er, south of Townsville. Uh, shouldn't be too severe, but heavy, heavy rain. Um, Paul Tierney is the referee for the Chelsea game. Fuck off! Right, <laughs> on that note, on that note, we are out of here. Thanks a million to Kev. Thanks a million to everyone in the chat. Um, yeah, we've done a lot of football there today. I'm very, very proud of us uh, because lot, the random stuff was shy. The best biscuit bar is definitely the purple snack. Uh, laughs, laughs in the face of that yellow club messing that Gary Mack was going on about. That has been it. Um, we'll talk to you in a bit. Over and out. Sports Social Podcast Network.